0: Welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do? where we talk about professional standards, committee cases, and code of ethics violations. Here with me today is my co-host, Rachel Real from Rachel Real Estate in Chicago. Hello, Rachel.
1: Good morning, Jen. How are you?
0: I'm good. Tell us, what are we, this is like an interesting topic I think we're going to discuss today.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting topic because it, it incorporates the code of ethics as well as fair housing. Okay. So we kind of have a whole lot of stuff going on here. And I find that this particular situation and this particular topic is one that a lot of agents don't understand or don't have a full grasp of. So I thought it'd be a great one to discuss. Yeah. So today we're going to discuss article 10, which essentially covers the protected classes. So article 10 states, Realtors shall not deny equal professional services to any person for reasons of race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Realtors shall not be parties to any plan or agreement to discriminate against a person or persons on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender uh, identity in your employment, uh, real estate employment practices, you cannot discriminate against any persons on those, on those list of things either.
0: I mean, that seems like pretty obvious, right? But then, yeah. Yeah. But then when we're talking about like service dogs, emotional support dogs, like it gets really sticky and that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: Right. It's, it's pretty black and white. However, the differences where we find that there's a lot of confusion and a lot of misunderstanding is the difference between emotional support animals and service animals right and, and where is the line between those two and is there any difference between the two when it comes to a fair housing standpoint
0: right especially if you're like yeah I mean this would come up often if you're like renting if you're a landlord renting
1: is is a big one sometimes also in condos when you're when you're buying and selling a condo or something where there is a you no know, pets rule so that's something
0: we'll talk about that also. makes sense all right well before yes. we get into it um, let me tell you about one of our partners it is um pipelineprotools.com and what they do is they generate leads like we all need leads right now right so they generate yeah. <laughs> help us generate leads so that we can close more deals so what they're offering to the listeners is If you go to PipelineProTools.com slash Fight Club, you will get a free demonstration of how we've been able to generate leads. You'll get our playbook for free. You'll get an analysis of how many leads you need to generate in order to do the deals that you want to do. And then if you want to sign up for the program, you can. Um, So go to PipelineProTools.com slash Fight Club. All right, Rachel.
1: Excellent. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so, it, and, you know, once we're done with this too, we'll put together the the graphic that we're going to talk about as mm-hmm. well as the HUD memo we're going to talk about and all the different resources people can use to kind of get, take a little bit of a deeper dive and, and refresh their, their memory on this stuff. Okay. So first thing we're going to talk about is the difference between a service dog, a therapy dog and an emotional support animal. So okay. we've got a graphic that we'll throw up on the screen here so everybody can see it. And then if you, keep on well,
0: your phone. Yeah, that's Key true. Handy. Yeah. And if you want to, Oh, I lost it. And if you want to see the graphic too, it'll be, um, you can look on our YouTube page or we'll have it in the um, vault. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, Jennifer so we'll Mirtland kind of talk dot, through this for,
0: yeah. Okay. Let's see. Hold on. Jennifer slash vault. All right. Can you see it? Yes, we can see it. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So this, again, this is
1: a great graphic just to keep handy on your phone as, as a quick refresher. Um, you know, Hey, can I, you know, does this apply to a service therapy or emotional support animal? Yes, no, or otherwise. So okay. we can kind of take a therapy animal or therapy dog out of the equation when it comes to fair housing. Therapy dogs are dogs that are used that are privately owned. So I myself have a retired therapy dog. Okay. So my retired therapy dog is an, is an animal that I, as a Labrador, I adopted from a shelter thought, God, her disposition is so great. She would be fantastic for therapy work. Um, so I went and we did a class together. We got certified together. We never go anywhere without each other when it comes to what you're doing with the dog. So a therapy dog would go to a nursing home and visit with mm-hmm. um, elderly patients, would go maybe to a hospital, visit with kids in the ward, um, in the pediatric ward, go to a grade school and work with kids in the library or a social worker those dogs, if I went to go rent an apartment or buy a condo or something tomorrow, that dog has absolutely no rights when it comes to fair housing. She's okay. there strictly for, to make other people feel better. So <laughs> well, the, she sounds amazing. It, she is pretty amazing. <laughs> so when you're looking at the graphic, the only, the only legitimate rights that a therapy dog has, or, or not even rights, but what their, their duty is. And it says it needs to tolerate a wide variety of experiences, environments, and people mm-hmm. and provide emotional support and comfort to people. Yeah, That is her job. Those are her rights. That's it. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. So we'll take that column kind of out of our discussion.
0: Right. Because they're so not protected. With,
1: they're not protected anywhere. They have no rights when it comes to anything. They're just really sweet dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so you now have service dogs and emotional support dogs. Okay. So when you're referring to this HUD memo that we'll share in the vault too, they're they're lumped into one big category as assistance animals. Okay. So that can mean a service dog or an emotional support animal. So a service dog is one, if you see a blind person walking down the street with a dog with the harness on, clearly that dog is a service dog. Those dogs Mm -hmm. go through insane amounts of training, insane amounts of everything, and they are matched with a particular person who has a specific need that that dog has been trained for. Those dogs can go anywhere. So they can go in housing. They can go into the grocery store. They can go to a restaurant with you. No one will ever know that they're there. I met up with a friend a while back um, just for lunch at Panera. Didn't realize until she told me that her, she's a puppy raiser for service animals. Didn't realize that her puppy in training was under the table. So, and then, of course, I'm sitting here dying because I can't even touch the dog or pet the dog because he's in training. Right. (laughs) So it's slightly torturous that way. Um, But those dogs can go anywhere and everywhere.
0: Well, and they're like, I think a good way to think about that is like, they are working. And like you said, these are the ones that you can't touch
1: you cannot touch them no you absolutely can't because you're those dogs are focused 100 percent on working yeah. so we were at the airport not long ago and there was a guy coming through security um, didn't have a visual disability but i can only assume based on or my assumption was based on all of the uh, stuff that he had and the way the dog was dressed he had a camo vest on marked service dog guessing maybe a veteran mm-hmm. you know with ptsd something like that um, and that dog was amazing had to take everything off to go through security sat didn't move no one could touch him what an awesome dog that is an that is a, a true service dog and those so are, are the ones wheelchair. that are
0: protected
1: protected everywhere they are they have every right that the rest of us have they have public so, access and housing access
0: so does that mean that like let's say you're renting like you're a landlord and your um you have somebody that has a service dog are are you allowed to charge like you would another pet
1: absolutely not
0: so and a service
1: you- dog and an emotional support animal, neither one are considered pets for housing purposes. Okay. So the the questions that you can ask as a potential landlord to a prospective tenant are going to be slightly different between the two. However, service dogs, again, a lot of times there's a visual, there's an obvious reason why that service dog is there. Someone's in a wheelchair and they've got a dog next to them. Clearly that's, that's a thing. Um, so you can't go and ask a, a, obviously blind person or an obvious person in a wheelchair what does your dog do
0: for you should be pretty darn clear there's yeah, a reason you, that they dog would have some certifications that you're allowed and you should ask for uh not for a service dog
1: no a service dog is only a dog sometimes it can be a miniature horse so but 99 percent of the time it's a it's a service dog no okay. so those are Th- those have the, the, the vest on it says they're working. It's very clear that they're working. Gotcha. They're going to be like
0: the world's most best behaved dog you've ever seen in your entire life. Okay. And because those they dogs. From, they're not going to be a service dog. They're either. not really like, you're not, they're not pets. You're not including them in no. your policy for pets. No,
1: there okay. is. There is no ability to decline a potential tenant based on the fact that they have either a service dog or an emotional support animal.
0: Or like you so, said, if somebody wants to buy a condo and they have a service dog, and there's let's say it's a no pets, no dog allowed condo right. for the them, it this that doesn't apply. It
1: doesn't matter. It does
0: not okay. apply. Correct. Correct. Okay. So an emotional support animal is a little bit
1: different. Okay. So emotional support animals are going to be covered by the fair housing fair housing guidance from HUD, and if you have a, so an emotional support animal as a as a prospective tenant. Emotional support animals require some kind of documentation, okay? Because if it's not a it's not a, a seeing eye dog, it's not a handicap you know assistance dog. It's an emotional support animal, okay? Which can be anyone's pet. Let's be honest; it's mm-hmm. anyone's pet. Oh, um, yeah, all dogs are
0: emotional support dogs.
1: I mean, I'm going to argue that all day long. Yes, when <laughs> right. my dog dies, I will be a hot mess. Um, <laughs> right. But now they don't require any training. They don't require any kind of certification. They require nothing. So you can have a really poorly behaved emotional support animal in all reality. Right. And if you're living in an apartment complex or a condo complex or anything like that, where you have shared neighbors, you're responsible for your dog's behavior. So right. if your dog decides to be you know, a jerk or act out or be a nuisance to other people, you're still responsible for that. But an emotional support animal can be anything.
0: Right. Within some
1: kind of reason. I mean, a peacock moving into a condo is probably not a great idea. Um, but you know, so
0: then they're not limited. So then those dogs are, you're not allowed, like as a landlord, they're not considered pets either. Correct. So you can have an emotional support cat, monkey, dog, chicken, snake, (laughs)
1: fish, you name it. It can be anything under the sun,
0: but they have papers.
1: They have certain documentation. So if a, if a prospective tenant goes online and orders an online web certificate from someone they have no therapeutic relationship with and submits that, that's not really going to fly. An online certification where you can go online, pay a hundred bucks and get your certificate that shows that your dog was certified as an emotional support animal is also a scam. So those are not things that you can, you can use as legitimate documentation.
0: So then what's the difference like between emotion, like Emotional support dogs go everywhere too then? No, they do not have public rights. So they can't right.
1: go to the grocery store, they can't go to a restaurant. They have rights only when it comes to housing. Interesting, right? Yes. So from from a from a real estate agent perspective,
0: what's the difference we, then between it feels really like looking, that would we're be really a...
1: looking at the same rights for an emotional support animal and a service animal, but we as agents come across emotional support animals all the time and service animals very rarely. I think I've only had, I personally, I haven't had one, but I had a, an agent who was working with a client once who had a true service dog. So we had, you know, kind of talked through the, uh, you know, the rights that that dog had, what the agent was allowed to say, not allowed to say, right. Um, you know, in that whole thing.
0: This is so interesting. Cause it's like also a little bit confusing. The service dog feels clear. Like it's obviously is working. Really clear, yeah. yeah. It's like obviously yes. working. You're not allowed to touch it like that all like jives and makes sense. Right. And the thing, but where it's a little hazy is like a therapy dog versus an emotional support dog. Right. They feel very similar.
1: Well, and as a therapy dog owner, I don't have any kind of documentation from it, from a,
0: so it's just a documentation or
1: my my doctor that says, I need my therapy dog. My therapy dog is for other, is for other people, other
0: people's therapy, not mine. Although she's that's the difference. They have they have this. Oh, but the um, therapy dogs don't have rights and housing like the emotional support dogs do.
1: Correct. They have nothing. They just get to go where where people invite them in to, you know, intermingle with their with their students, their patients, um, residents, those kind of things. So I only had permission with my therapy dog to go to the elementary school. So we would go to the elementary school. We read in the library. She was like, you would have thought the president was walking through the hallways when that dog was there. I mean, the kids would, kids all came running out of the hallways. I mean, she was, she was the queen, Um, but yeah, she has no rights otherwise.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Well, um, let's wrap as we're wrapping up the discussion. Let me tell you about one more of our other partners. So as we're headed into the new year, 2023, a lot of people are looking at coaching. They need to figure out, they want to figure out their path. They want to, you know, grow their business the way that's authentic to them, whether that means doing more deals or having more time or a combination. So what we're recommending is, um, our coach coach, John kitchens. And if you're trying to figure out your path, he has put together a short, quick quiz. That's free. Go to realestatecareeraccelerator.com and take the quiz. And that will help you get clarity on your path. All right, Rachel, let's wrap up this discussion. So
1: what I thought we could talk about are some best practices on how to deal with these emotional support animals for the most part, just because that's what we're going to see a whole lot more than anything else Right. from either a prospective tenant agent, and or a listing agent representing a landlord who's got a property. Okay. So from a landlord perspective, if you're representing a landlord, you want to have that conversation with the landlord at you know prior to listing the property right. or at the time you're listing them. Uh, explain to them what your best practices are when it comes to it, taking in applications, date and time stamp, and then forward them as they come in. Um, explain that the the rules around fair housing when it comes to emotional support animals. Yes, mm. you have said it's a no pets a no pets unit. However, if we have an applicant that comes in with an emotional support animal, we cannot use that to decline an applicant or charge them extra money, anything like that. Okay. From a prospective tenant position or a tenant's agent position, because there is so much misunderstanding on this topic as a whole, from a tenant's perspective, tenant agent perspective, you want to make sure that you counsel your tenant to make sure that they have the appropriate documentation. Right. So I recently went through an experience as a listing agent where this was a was a situation. The tenant agent that came in had all the incorrect documentation. So she was not doing her client a real favor, right? By not knowing what she needed, right? So you know they they submitted an online web certificate. I said, or a web letter from a somebody eighteen hours away that said I I met with them for ten minutes over the phone right. and then issued this letter, right? that's not a therapeutic relationship, something that needs to be established. Um, you know, the agent then said, Oh, well, she's waiting on her internet certificate. I said, well, that also is not, is not enough. Um, from a tenant agent perspective, you want to make sure that you are putting your posi- your client in a position not to have a landlord discriminate against them unnecessarily. Right. So if I'm representing <clears throat> a tenant with an emotional support animal, My position is we're not going to say anything about this emotional support animal. We're not turning in any documentation at this point. We're going to apply like you don't have a pet because you don't. Right. It's not
0: considered a pet.
1: Exactly. Don't give that landlord any reason to discriminate against you. Right. Go through the whole thing. Once they say, yes, you've been approved. Okay. By the way, I have an emotional support animal. Here is the documentation. Make sure it's correct. Make sure it's valid and current. They cannot now backtrack and say, now you don't have the apartment because of that or the unit. Right. So set your set your prospective tenant up for success by making sure that you don't give away that information too early and give somebody a reason to decline you for that reason.
0: Right. That makes sense. Well, and Rachel it, as an agent
1: <clears throat> if you, and also as an agent, if you have a client land- landlord specifically that says, "Hey, I don't want an emotional support animal. what do we got to do to get out of this?" <laughs> and I just <laughs> had it happen. Um, my my answer to that was after multiple hours of phone calls trying to, get off the, the the ugly merry-go-round of the fair housing violation I said right. I can no longer I can no longer help you. We right. need to terminate our listing agreement. I cannot participate in that but
0: that's why it's important to have the conversation up front. Like here's, absolutely here's I the was difference glad that we the conversation up front. Yeah. Right. Right But I can understand. That's a pretty yeah that's tough.
1: It is and you know I ended up contacting our legal hotline in the state I'm in and I said okay I want to unilaterally cancel my listing agreement. Mm -hmm. And here's why, and here's why that is not a problem. Document it for, for just to cover your rear, have your attorney write the same thing on his own letterhead and say, we're unilaterally canceling the listing agreement
0: because you've, you've asked the agent to participate Mm -hmm. in violations of fair housing. Right, right. Exactly. Well, Rachel, if people have um, a referral for you in Chicago, what is the best way to get hold of you?
1: Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Bye.